So when we're when de- when we're dealing with depression, and I would even say anxiety to some extent in young people, in, in everyone, but especially in young people, when you give them a verse, that's not gonna help all that much because they haven't processed, they haven't processed the emotions and the thoughts yet. So I think the first thing that's important, how I how I do it, if a, if a young adult came to me and they were talking about depression, what I would do is try to meet them where they're at. Try to understand what is causing this. Try to understand their reasoning process to listen to them. Hello and welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Sean LePage, the, the chairman of the Ministry Studies Department here at Calvary University. And my guest today is Dr. Luther Smith. Uh, Dr. Smith, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, well, let me introduce you a little bit to our to our listeners. Uh, wife, Tanya, how long have you all been married? Man, I think we've um, 19 Put you on the spot. years, I believe. It's it started it's starting yeah it's starting to get up there so now I'm, I I I don't remember the 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 the, the digits now exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah 19 well, years. okay we'll say nineteen then yeah and uh, you can check Tanya when you get home on that one but uh, <laughs> I have a daughter a daughter named Wisdom uh, and uh, Dr Smith has been at Calvary University since 2017 so five years. Uh, Dr. Smith is the Dean of the College. He's the Department Chair of the Biblical Counseling Department and Associate Pre- Professor of Biblical Counseling. Uh, did, uh, did his uh, bachelor's work at Ashford uh, University, uh, some master's work at Southern California Seminary, and has a, a doctorate. Is, is that a, a psychology doctorate, doctorate of psychology? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yep. At the Southern California Seminary in 2017. So um, uh, Dr. Smith has a t- a 12 plus years of counseling experience and local church service. And so um, he is uh, he's the guy to talk to about the subject that I want to talk about today. Um, if you've been uh, listening to the last couple of uh, Calvary Conversations, you know we've been talking about Gen Z. And uh, we, we love this generation. Uh, I, I think there's so much potential and, and so many exciting things about this generation. Um, uh, and it's really, it's, it's the students that we have at Calvary University, uh, is, they're all Gen Z. And so uh, we think it's important for us to uh, not only just love them and, and teach them, but also to, to understand them well. And so uh, that's what the goal is today. So in the process of, of uh, reading and, and learning and, and actually in uh, dialoguing um, with uh, many uh, young people, uh, Luther, I have uh, grown in my understanding that, that um, this generation has some unique struggles. Now, of course, all uh, adolescents and, and young adults are going to struggle with uh, the challenges of going from childhood to adulthood, of course. Um, but Gen Z seems to be struggling with uh, depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts, uh, more so, at least uh, as far as I can tell, from previous generations. Um, and so they, they seem to have uh, unique struggles in this regard. Does that match up with your uh, experience in doing counseling? Um, uh, just just to say, I, I thank you for having me on, um, too. I appreciate it. 
Um, it actually does. Um, if you if you look at some of the data and some of the research um, that's out there right now, um, it's reflective essentially of not just the culture here in in in, in America, but but also worldwide globally. Um, and, and I and I think that there's there are several reasons for this. All of them are kind of different, but they're all kind of they're all kind of interwoven together, right? Um, and so first you have the kind of the, the human development aspect, right? These individuals in some cases um, are still developing. Um, they're still uh, gaining that abstract thought. Um, a lot of the young adults, um, especially that, that we work with, right? Haven't really, they, they're still really trying to work out, you know, kind of the risk benefit analysis of life um and and things like that and so that creates a lot of angst and tension um in these particular individuals right you combine that with some of the stressors of society itself with things like um uh, the thing that's going on right now um over in the ukraine um uh, the coronavirus um which has been a a long-standing um, stressor, um, not just for Gen Z, but for all generations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you combine that um, with the lack of experience in life. You know, usually Gen Z, they only have, uh, you know, this this much history. Whereas if you look at baby boomers and everything else like that, they have an expansive amount of history, right? Um, you combine that with some of the societal uh, uh, things such as the opioid crisis that's going on right now, um, uh, the, the lack of security uh, within our nation right now, um, uh, school shootings um, are a huge thing right now. And not only this, this is something that individuals are not really talking about. Um, this may be talked about in, in years to come, but the fact that you have individuals in uh, public schools who you, they'll find that there's public schools that are closing right now, um, things going on concerning mandates with masks and so on and so forth. So there's a lot, a lot of a pressure, pressure on uh, Gen Z um, to try to figure out and navigate these things, right? Um, and not, I, I mean, to add to um, uh, 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 um, uh, the, the, the existential <laughs> uh, thoughts and ideas, you know, who am I? Uh, you know, what is my, what is my, what is the meaning? What is the purpose? Why am I here? So, yeah, the normal stuff. Yeah, the normal yeah, stuff yeah. that we yeah, all go so, through. Yeah, right? to add, to add that, that layer. So there is so many things that are going on um, in the mind of a Gen Z uh, person that it would bring on this, 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 this crisis. Right, um, where we see suicide increasing, depression increasing, anxiety increasing, all these sorts of things. Yeah. So, so what about social media? I mean, we hear this, we hear that you know, uh, social media um, contributes to this, to to anxiety and and you know, uh, self uh, identity issues and whatever. Uh, what's your take on that? Do you do you agree with that? And uh, if so, to, like to what degree do you think social media impacts uh, depression, anxiety? It's a great question. So there's a lot of research out there that says uh, that that social media, uh, as a matter of fact, one of my students um, in the master's program just did a mini dissertation. Um, I had a project for a mini dissertation, and they did 
uh, their project on social media and anxiety. Um, and they found the research um, that's out there now pretty much is, is there's a general consensus that uh, young adults uh, and, and anxiety, uh, it, social media does exacerbate that to some degree. And I think that there's, there's a couple of reasons for this. One, I mean, and it, um, I know when I was a kid, I could maybe, maybe pretty much state this for you too, that, when, that our world itself was very limited. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, what was going on, um, not just socially, but geopolitically on the stage. I, right. I, I know for me, I, I was kind of a, um, when I was growing up, I was kind of a, a, a dodo bird. Because <laughs> my wife, not my wife, my mom and I would sit down and discuss po politics. You know, that really wasn't happening in the general, you know, with my friends and everything else like that. They were more mm -hmm. concerned about Saturday morning cartoons and things, which which I loved, but we weren't really talking about who the president was, uh, you know, their relationship to Russia or to France or or anything else like that. Um, nowadays, right, um, social media itself, um, you can pretty much uh, uh, find out anything you want about the world at large. At the, in the palm of your hand, right? And so you have all of these Gen Zers who have, you know, smartphones and iPads and, and things like that, and they can look up things relatively quickly. Back then, um, in the 80s with Gen Xers and things like that, you had to actually ask your parents, right? Hey, what's going on in this side of the world? Or what's going on over here? Now, you don't have to do that now. You can type in Ukraine, you can type in uh, COVID, you can type in all of these things and get this information yourself, right? right? And we encourage critical thought and analysis. That is really, really good. But what happens when you have a young adult who, who is, is gaining this abstract thought, but, but, but doesn't have the consensus around them you know, who are older and kind of have a, a more broader perspective, right? They end up absorbing all of this information, right? And impacts them. So I think it, so I think social media has been great for connection and, 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 and things like that with young adults. Um, uh, the, the research for that is clear. Um, as a matter of fact, what's interesting, um, uh, Sean, is that we find that that Gen Zers, when they use social media, they they feel more connected to their friends than they ever have, right? Um, but when it comes to things like this, the flip side of that is when they begin to start to post all of these things, especially concerning uh, societal movements and geopolitical movements, and you know things like that. They they on the flip side, they kind of don't know what to think about all of these things. And so they absorb them and internalize them. And this is kind of what causes this, the undue stress. Uh, um, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword in one sense. It, it, it connects the individual, but at the same time, they are now open, the world is open to them with all this information. And sometimes we don't even know if the information that they're taking in is even true or not, um, you know, because of all of all of the uh, right. all of the rabbit trails and things like that. So yeah, it's 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 right. it's a challenge. 
Well, you're you're exactly right. You know, as I think about uh, me growing up, I mean, I I, uh, I mean, my parents could filter to some extent. You know what what I was hearing, and even the schools. You know, the schools didn't introduce us to um, you know uh, adult themes really uh, mm -hmm. until a little bit later when I think we were able to handle it better and that kind of thing. So uh, that, that really rings true uh, for me. Um, so. Um, Let's let's talk about helping. Okay, so as a biblical counselor, and and um, you're you're uh, maybe working with uh, someone who is uh, experiencing depression and anxiety, um, and let's let's start with depression. Actually, um, what what do you do as a biblical counselor? How do you approach that conversation and and help someone? Um, now. Now, now, let me preface this. You know, when I was in uh, seminary, there was a big discussion about about um, uh, treating uh, depression and anxiety with medication, and and whether that was uh, something that biblical counselors should do. And uh, so that's part of the conversation, as well as you know, um, just uh, how, how do you how do you help someone? You know, if if you don't if you don't know uh, how much of their their problem. Uh, with depression or anxiety may be, um, say, uh, physiological versus um, uh, thought patterns and whatever. So, so anyway, uh, my question really is: How do you how do you help someone who is experiencing depression? Where where do you start as a biblical counselor? Well, this could be a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, and, and frankly, let's let's just talk about it because I think I can I can uh, uh, make this a two parter and and just uh, just cover this because because actually I'd like to talk about all three, depression, anxiety, and uh, suicidal thoughts. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's yeah. just do that. I mean, not not take a couple hours, but sure, uh, sure, if, sure. <laughs> if you have the time, I'd like to cover cover yeah. all three subjects. I think that's great. And, and this is kind of, um, um, so my specialty is in um, anxiety-related disorders too. Really? So that, that's, that's, this is kind of my wheelhouse. I love talking about this stuff. And I think it, it is very, very seminal especially in the in the time that we live now. Um, so um, working as a counselor who works from a biblical perspective, I think that we need to take in mind the substance of humanity every time we talk about this and, and, and that we don't approach um, when it comes to the problems concerning the substance of humanity that we don't approach them the same way. And although we might they might cross, you know, um, in various aspects. Okay. So when so what I'm talking about is, is there's, I believe the scriptures reveal that there are two aspects or properties of humanity. That one is natural revelation, which is again, the, 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 the physical things that God has created uh, reflects his handiwork. So we can talk about the plants, we could talk about the trees, but we also have to talk about ourselves as well, right? Because God and his word created us on day six, right? And so that includes uh, the, the material properties of man. That includes everything, the heart, the lungs, the digestive system, the skeletal system, the respiratory system, lymphatic system, reproductive system, and, and, and the brain, right? The brain is material, right? Uh, eyes, nose, ears, mouth, you know, things like that. Um, so there's that aspect of man, right? And we also have to talk about the immaterial, right? That that we are, we are, uh, given a spirit, right? And that spirit, uh, 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 it, it, for lack of a better term, it, 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 
we 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 can move in this body because our spirit is in here. I mean, James talks about, you know, uh, he kind of compares uh, works, you know, faith without works is useless. The body without the spirit is useless, right? So so he kind of compares that, right? It's dead. So we know that that the spirit itself that, that is housed within this body is what gives it life, moves, animates it, things like that, okay? So when we talk about, um, uh, things like depression, okay, um, we have to be, we have to take both things into consideration. Sometimes the body, because of the effects of sin, which is delineated in Genesis 3, delineated in uh, some, in some respects, Ecclesiastes 12, that we get old, body doesn't work well, um, things like that. Um, you know, Timothy had a stomach condition, Paul had uh, maybe a condition with the eyes, um, you know, so because of the effects of sin, not because of what they did, the active activity, but just because we live in a fallen world, things don't work well when it comes to the body, right? So we have to consider that at least, right? That there are sometimes the brain in relation to the body doesn't communicate properly. And as a result, we, we feel bad. Um, uh, you know, this, the, it could affect the way that we, that our attitude or, you know, things like that, chronic pain and stuff like that. Um, and there's sometimes depression comes by one's perception, by one's outlook, right? Um, by one's philosophical perspective. This is why Paul writes in Col Colossians 2, beware lest anyone spoil you through, through the philosophy, really, um, and vain conceit. Right? Because that affects how we think and ultimately how we act and respond to certain things. Okay? So I would say this, when a person is uh, depressed, me working from a biblical perspective, I do not rule out organic causes. Um, or I don't, is, I don't, I don't put logic. that aside. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we have an intake form that we use uh, that talks about, you know, if a person is having medications, what medications are they taking? How often have they been taking them? You know, who is their primary care physician? You know, do, do they drink? How often do they drink? That has an effect on one's mood and, 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 and perception and things like that. And, um, you know, um, have they been diagnosed before? What have they been diagnosed with? Things like that. We, we definitely consider that. Um, um, I think when it comes to depression, especially for young adults and, and looking at the light of Gen Z and how they perceive things, it's very important that we start off with care before scripture. I'm not taking out scripture, care before scripture, because this is the deal. When it comes to depression, this is something that goes on in the brain, whether it be organic or perception, that there, that there's a little area in our brain called the amygdala, okay? And the amygdala is uh, goes around to other areas of the brain and asks them, are you guys okay? Okay, are you okay? Okay, how about you, you okay? Okay, if, if that area of the brain is active, the frontal lobe, which is responsible for the activity of executive functioning, thinking, making lists, planning, right? Go, the activity gets lower because when a person perceives a threat, 
or when they are when they're in shock or even when they're depressed they they are unable to think think about when there's a threat like if i were to hold you um if i were to hold you hostage sean you would be thinking about how to get out of there you would not be thinking about um you know we couldn't have a you couldn't have a conversation a a, a, a cordial conversation with your wife because you are in you are in I need to run mode I need to flee mode I need to get out of here mode I need to find a way to to, to fix this mode right so when we're when de when we're dealing with depression and I would even say anxiety to some extent in young people in, in everyone but especially in young people when you give them a verse that's not gonna help all that much because they haven't processed they haven't processed the emotions and the thoughts yet so i think the first thing that's important how i how i do it if a, if a young adult came to me and they were talking about depression what i would do is try to meet them where they're at try to understand what is causing this try to understand their reasoning process to listen to them to empathize with them to connect with them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel this way. There is, you know what, there is a lot of stress going on in your life right now. You know, society is demanding a lot from you right now. And maybe it doesn't even mean to, but it is because of where we are. Tell me a little bit about what you think about. Tell me a little bit about what your struggles are. Tell me a little bit about what your trials are. Tell me a little bit about what afflicts you, what ails you right? So that I would be, so that they could be able to process that because, uh, you know what's so interesting? Here's a, here's a wonderful stat that you can kind of put into your, into, your, into your mental Rolodex. When it comes to substance abuse, uh, this is along with depression that affects it. When it comes to substance abuse, there was a study done by the APA, the American Psychological Association, where they took 3,000 Gen Zs and basically, uh, it was a it was a it was a quantitative survey. Okay, I, I think it was a mixed method where they asked open-ended questions, and they also had a survey. And out of three thousand, they out of three thousand uh, students they participated with, twenty-five percent of Gen Zs uh, of the surveys that they tested for those who had drug and alcohol abuse issues even those who didn't said that they would know where to find help if they had that issue. That's a lot, okay, if you generalized it to the population. 35% of them said that they wouldn't even know where to get help for a family member or a friend if they had the problem of depression. Hmm. So think about that in terms of just the, the topic. We have a lot of Gen Zers who have a lot of issues and they don't know where to go or who to talk right. to. And when they get there, they don't even know what to talk about. <laughs> right. And, and, and frankly, if they go to the church, they might, as you've indicated, uh, be uh, just given a, a, a verse or a, or a passage to read and, and, and maybe don't even get the help uh, through the church, sadly. Right. Right. And so, and so I take the, the approach of, of asking them what ails them so that they can begin to start to open and process this. If they say, I don't know, 
well, let's talk about it. Are, are you, is it, is it because of life in general? Are your parents stressed and you're kind of, you're kind of absorbing that? You know, uh, you know, are you are you are you reading something from social media? Are you gathering? You know, let you know. Let's let's start an open dialogue so we can talk about this for the mere purpose of processing these emotions, and then taking the scriptures and 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 asking them questions. What does it mean to be a saint? What does it mean to be a holy one? What does it mean? to bear one another's burdens. What's a burden? What is that? How can we quantify that, right? Yeah. And how important is it to bear these burdens? If one's bearing these burdens, what does one have to do? They have to share. <laughs> so a person can bear them, right? Um, right? You know, all of these things, trying to get, trying to have a discussion with them, not talking at them, but relating to them. You know what I'm saying? I, that's the way that I that I address uh, uh, depression, and also too, in terms of biblical counseling, I think the frontier, the next frontier for biblical counseling, is to look at alternative treatments, not necessarily prescriptions. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I suggest that my counselees do, whenever they're depressed, is to look for a, um, a, new, a thing called SAMe. You can get it over the counter at your local Sprouts or you know, Whole Foods. And, 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 and that helps mitigate some of the effects of depression. So does uh, B2, B2, uh, vitamin B12 complex. Interesting. So, so I, 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 there are answers and alternatives for these sorts of things. And, and, and I think, but, but the most important thing is, is I, I don't think we should, we should do our best to serve young adults with depression by using the imperatives of scripture as counselors so that they can see the indicatives of scripture and how it relates to the imperatives of scripture. But we should always start with, with the imperatives first on our end, to listen, to ask questions, to be open, to be empathetic. It just strikes me as you talk and, and talking about perhaps even um, alternative um, issues such as uh, you know mineral deficiencies and, and whatever, we're really very complex, aren't we? I mean, we're kind of like science experiments because <laughs> uh, we're, we're not just spiritual um or emotional we're we're also physical and all of those things combined what about what about like uh, diet exercise just those basic things sleep um how often does it come down to just you know somebody just not taking care of themselves i i think that there's there's something to be said about that i think that if a person is you know eating not eating well um you know that could affect someone's chemistry um it could oh it can throw off their pH in their, in their body, which causes all sorts of issues. Um, um, you know, if one is not, you know, getting proper nutrition, proper rest, you know, then that also has effects on the body, so on, so on and so forth. Um, that's definitely part of the equation, right? But, but also too, if, if it's an outlook issue, you know, that's totally immaterial. I mean, you can't weigh a thought, you can't, you know, put it under a microscope. Right. You can see the activity of the thoughts in the brain, but that I would say that that's um, that's the interface. That's not where the origin of thoughts come from. The scripture tells us the origin of thoughts come from one spirit, 
And so, you know, there is there is that aspect too that that has to be addressed. Okay, it, that's not something that could be overlooked. As we've been talking about Sean about Gen Z and 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 their perception of things, right? Um, we should always engage that whenever we are in counseling, right? Um, because even when you're doing all of these other good things, you could still be miserable <laughs> because right. of because of one's outlook. So again, engaging Gen Z and and not just talking at them, but going, you know, the scripture says that you're a, 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 a the beloved. What is that? You know? What, what is that really, you know? What does it mean to be a beloved? What does it mean that yeah. uh, you're created in Christ for good works? What does that even mean? <laughs> and having yeah. them wrestle through that and then saying, once they get that truth and, and, and kind of understand that and receive clarity, well, how does this look in light of social media? How does this look in light of your friend, your friendships and your relationships. How does this look in light of, you know, how you should see your outlook in your future? You know, things yeah, like that's that. really good. That's really good. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for today, and so we're going to have to continue this conversation with Dr. Smith uh, for next week. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. If you've been listening uh, to this conversation, you know how important it is. And, and I hope you'll join us uh, next time uh, as we continue. Uh, but if you would like to uh, participate in the conversation, uh, either by making comments or asking questions, you can contact myself or Dr. Smith through the Calvary University website at calvary.edu. And uh, look for the faculty page there under the academic section. And uh, then you can contact us through our individual faculty pages. Uh, but uh, uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, grace and peace to all of you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.